What's up everyone and welcome to our review of The Mandalorian Chapter 16, The Rescue, from the Season 2 finale. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. And just so you all know, this review will have spoilers, so if you don't want spoilers, leave the mission, go watch the episode, then come back and listen to what we gotta say. You have been warned. Here we go. Season 2 finale, Chapter 16. John, your initial thoughts. What did you think i i okay so it's a bit of a mixed bag i i really enjoyed like 90 percent of the episode um i i thought it was a great way to tie up what felt like the whole series um because it, it does feel like they're kind of moving forward in a new direction for the show we'll kind of get into that later but overall really enjoyed it super fun i think peyton reed did a great job um, as soon as I, or as I heard that he was going to be directing it, I knew it was going to be a heist film or a heist episode. And we got that. Um, the action was great. Uh, music was great. Acting was great. Um, yeah. And, and the overall, I think character arcs where they landed, I think was, was really good. I don't know. What about you, Chris? Uh, at first, you know, I was really excited about the finale. I was really enjoying it. And then it gets to the part where it's the kind of Mexican standoff with the Darksaber. And I didn't like that particular scene because the Darksaber has been said, oh, yeah, you have to fight the other. In the Clone Wars, it's like, oh, yeah, you have to defeat someone in combat to claim the Darksaber. And then in Rebels, which I don't think you're this far, someone just hands it to another person. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, I yeah. Can, I can yeah, hold, I, I claim the Darksaber. And then I we did get, just get to that part, yeah. Yeah, and so for us then to go to this part, which is still convoluted, and it'd be like uh, when Moff Gideon like does like that weird worm tongue type of deal when he goes to Mando he's like she has to fight you for it it's the only way she can lay claim and she's like that is correct I just looked at that that part like don't do this to me but at the end of the day after that scene everything I wanted was fixed with Luke Skywalker so while this episode might have been a little bit of a up and down roller coaster for me I overall enjoyed the episode and more importantly, I loved the end credit scene as it just, it just exceeds my expectations for what they want to do with Boba Fett. And, uh, I'm glad we have someone at Lucasfilm like John Favreau, who's working on these projects, who does appreciate these obscure characters. Yeah. I mean, it really felt like they were trying to do the character justice and that it wasn't just bringing him in for a one-off kind of cameo at the tail end of the season. Um, that they really, they upgraded his armor, it looked like, just color-wise and everything, uh, the finish. And that they're really wanting, they have an intention behind what they want to do with the character. Um, and it already it already feels like they have a plan. They have a story that they want to um, give to him. So for him to come back to Jabba's palace and take over like he did i mean it, it felt right because that's that's where he died was was on that planet and um it just everything's kind of coming full circle like i said like the character arcs i felt i feel like for the most part made sense um i do agree with you about that that standoff there like it felt very forced um and and like they were trying to set up drama that they hadn't really um laid the groundwork for initially uh, especially with the other shows and the, I, it feels like they're trying to go for that big 
MCU-style connected universe between all of their content since Disney took over, and for there to be inconsistencies like that f- makes it feel um, it makes it feel weird for those of us who have been paying attention, like you were. Yeah, it just it, it really needs to be continuous on how they do it, and it, it, it even the man like even Din Djarin is just like take it, I yield. Like they, it's just drama for the sake of drama, which I will ding this episode on. I vehemently do not like shows that do that. I do not like episodes that do that just in television. Uh, it's just not fun. There's got to be a reason behind it. And yes, while some some people... I, I would like to know people who've never watched Clone Wars and people who've never watched Rebels look at that scene and, and look at the Darksaber and be like, that's a really stupid reason for it to happen. You don't. We don't know the backstory on the Darksaber if you don't watch those shows which just sounds like a stupid plot point to create drama. And even if you watched all of the, the Rebels and Clone Wars and know the lore of the Darksaber, it's still stupid because we know Sabine just hands it to Bo-Katan like, here, you're, you're the person, and Bo-Katan's like, yeah. And then everyone else is like, yeah. Like Even a small line that says, like, last time I tried to wield this, no one believed in me. But this time... yeah, like Give me something like that to give it more validity because just in... In the chronological of the of the animated shows, the Darksaber has come under a lot of contention from fans on how it, it works. So this just muddles the waters more, and I didn't like that. But let me steer the direction to how, how wrong I was about which Jedi was going to show up, because I didn't think they had <laughs> the sheer cojones which look that up in Spanish on your Google Translate. I didn't think that Disney, that Lucasfilm had the cojones, that they could they could do it. I didn't think they would want to after how much they messed up my boy from The Last Jedi. And John, I just want to know your thoughts about his return to the screen with the green lightsaber, Luke Skywalker. I mean, in hindsight it does make the most logical sense for what we know and what the general populace knows about Jedi and who they know. Because I, like I said in a, in a previous episode, I think it would have made, um, it wouldn't have been satisfying for, for Baby Yoda just to reach back out to, uh, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it. Ezra? Um, Cal? Well, it, uh, no, not Snook? Cal. Uh, no, my gosh. Please cut this part out. I'm so Ahsoka. sorry. Ahsoka. 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 Yeah. I'm keeping so, all of that in. Ah, oh, crap. Uh, so it <laughs> wouldn't have made much sense for him just to reach back out to Ahsoka because she's the one that told him about it. So there's no real growth there. Um, there. It looks like they're trying to pay off the whole search for Ezra. So for them to just have that be the um, like the the like way like the way for him to find his way back from the outer reaches or the outer rim, um, that wouldn't have been satisfying. Um, and there's not enough, I think, known from the general populace about Cal Kestis for them to know who that was if he had just shown up without some kind of bigger explanation. Um, so on paper, Luke does make the most sense. He's not my first choice because I I think you and I talked about this earlier uh, before we did this where it, it felt like they were trying to separate themselves from the Skywalker saga and then all of a sudden they throw themselves back into it by this huge connection they've made. Um, and it, it 
again, it makes the most sense because he's he's out searching for knowledge about the Jedi, about their history. Um, he's becoming much stronger in the Force. He's been known to make connections with people across vast distances through the Force. Um, so of all the Jedi that we know, this does make the most sense. I just kind of wish it was Ezra or it was Cal Kestis or somebody else, just because I want... I want something that doesn't have to do with Luke to exist. Yeah, and it, it like we've like you've already touched on. It makes sense, absolutely, and I acknowledge that it does make sense for people who don't watch the extra lore out there. You know who's going to show up during this timeline? It's going to be Luke Skywalker, obviously. But there is there is a little bit of a misstep when we talked about where where you've built this universe. And we're not going to see the, see the same characters of the original trilogy. But they fixed it for me in this. Uh, this episode got better for me. And it meant more when I watched Luke Skywalker. How they revealed him. Where someone they show an X-Wing coming in. And I thought I was being faked out. I was like, it's a red herring. It's not Luke. It's probably, it's probably some other Jedi who's using an X-Wing. There's no way. Yeah. And, and you see the cloak and we don't get a face reveal and it's a green you see it on red and black screen or not red and black black and black white. <laughs> yes thank you black and white screens and they're just he's wrecking shop and then you get to see the shot within the hangar or or in one of the cargo bays where the lightsaber is green but i did not focus on the green part i focused on the hilt that hilt is so recognizable for so many Star Wars fans. You just instantly know, oh my God, they just, that's Luke Skywalker. And how he just mows through the, the dark, the dark troopers and how we watch Mando struggle with one and he just easily slices through them like, like a, like a butter knife. Mm -hmm. And it just parallels my, my love for Rogue One with Darth Vader and how they made him more evil and more menacing. And we just don't get enough of that in television where you spend 20 to 30 seconds with a character and you just watch them. They, you watch them reinforce what they mean. You watch them reinforce why they're badass or why they do the things that they do. And this was that Darth Vader rogue one moment that I loved. And we finally got it for Luke who honestly, since since the original trilogy had had ended we haven't done enough for luke who was supposed to be the focal point of the original trilogy and even though some people might say the sequel is what they did with him uh was a nice arc it was it didn't feel right it didn't feel like we spent enough time on him we got a new character in ray but they gave luke an arc where people were saying why do we you know, he's supposed to be good and true, and you kind of tarnish what we get in the original trilogy. And this reamped it for me. And I mean, everyone's going to have an opinion, and you're allowed to. I just, this made the episode worth it for me, the season two finale. Even though it, it just, it, for the Luke Skywalker stuff, it just did it for me. But I do want to ask you, uh, what did you think about the Din Djarin at the end with him taking off the helmet for Grogu? I thought that was a great character moment because like the whole season so far he's been struggling with what it means to be Mandalorian and he's had people like Bo-Katan come in and challenge his perception of that and uh, really make him ask 
himself a serious question. It's like, why do I have to wear my helmet all the time? And Bill Burr's character, uh, Mayfield, even asks him those types of questions where, um, are you allowed to show your face? Or, or can you not show your face or can you not take off your helmet? Because there's a difference. And, and this really got into that where he's been questioning his beliefs this entire time and realizing that maybe he doesn't have to be the way he is. Maybe he can choose his own destiny and what he believes in. And so I, I think I, I also think that that moment was necessary for him to say goodbye to Grogu like that because it's it's one level of emotion to just watch them separate physically but then it's another to see after everything they've been through how hard it is for him to say goodbye even though he knows it's the right move and to see those tears welling up in his eyes because he knows that he's he's probably not going to see the child again um but that he knows he's in good hands from a someone that can protect him and that can train him right uh it's it's a proud daddy moment and uh that i think really made the finale for me yeah that that was a really touching moment i really love that moment as well i did i did find it very odd that moff gideon was so easy to defeat i thought he'd be like more menacing or much better with the dark saber but he does drop the line like we got what we want go ahead take him like, I guess, I guess we're not going to go much more into that, which is fine. Because uh, I guess they're going to build a way into the Boba Fett series. But I, I was a little disappointed by Moff Gideon. But it, it is, it did serve its purpose. Moff Gideon wins, even though he still loses at the same time. Because they're trying to restore order and whatever project that they're doing is going to work. And so, you know, it, it is kind of a, it is kind of a weird ending. But the, the Din Djarin part made it a lot better, as well as the Luke Skywalker. Who am I kidding? It's all Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and see, this is what I was afraid of, because when you have a character like Luke swoop in at the last second, then it shifts the focus away from these characters that we've spent two seasons with to now all that we're talking about is how hyped up we are about Luke. And I just feel like it, it does a disservice to all the work they've done up until that moment when you just reinforce the Skywalker saga and... It does, it does fit in with the timeline perfectly, where Luke's trying to build up the Jedi Order again. But I, I just, like I said, like I would really like to see a, a piece of content that doesn't focus on the Skywalker saga. Um, and a couple things, real quick too. I I really liked the addition when they're when he's fighting um, Moff Gideon with the Beskar spear. How when. Gideon is hitting him with a with a dark saber and it's holding. You can see the metal in the in the spear gets superheated and it's just glowing red, and then it fades away again. It was just it was just a nice little subtle touch, just to show um, just the effects of the dark saber and how it's not just bouncing off the metal and the metal is impervious to it. Like if if he had held it there long enough, he would have cut through the spear because it would have gotten so hot. Um, I don't know. Do we get that with the Ahsoka fight? Um. At least not that I noticed. I'd have to go back and, and see it again. Yeah, um, I agree. I'd have to go back and see that. But it was a nice touch, yeah. Yeah, and and so uh, my question to you is with the announcement of the book of Boba Fett um, coming out December of next year and how they haven't made any official announcements for Mandalorian Season 3, um, do you think that, that they're shifting the focus from Din Djarin, because this felt like such a nice wrap for his arc, 
um, and the series with him so far, do you think that they're shifting the focus from him to Boba Fett and making him the focus of the Mandalorian? Um, or do you think there, it's going to be two different shows and maybe we're going to get into a, a different path where it's the Mandalorian on his own again and he's he's on a, like a separate, unique path that we haven't seen so far? Well, so Disney hasn't come out and officially said, oh, this is what we're doing, which is confusing the fan base incredibly. And within 20, within less than 24 hours, the fan base doesn't know what it is. Uh, like, how are they doing the continuity? Is Boba getting his own show? I personally think my opinion is that we got chapters from season one to season two and it continues on like a book. And I remember when we first started this, I was like, oh, that's kind of unique. And you said the same thing like this. We don't see this a lot in storytelling because it's supposed to be like a book. And the last time I saw something like this was Avatar, The Last Airbender, which Dave yeah. Filoni did work on. So the obvious choice is that Din Djarin's uh, journey, him as the focus, has ended and that the next season is going to focus on Boba Fett. And people people have said that the rumor is that Boba Fett's getting his own show. And then you see the announcement at the end credits that, oh, Boba Fett will return in December 2021, the book of Boba Fett. And that's not the announcement of a show. We know that season three for The Mandalorian is coming out in December 2021. It's pushed back at a later date. Uh, so why would Lucasfilm run two separate shows to compete with each other on this platform? That's not how it's going to go. It's the same show. It's the Mandalorian. It's just the book of Boba Fett. The book of Din Djarin is over, or at least it's put on hold for right now. We're going to go into Boba Fett, which what a great end credit scene. That's at least what I think. What do you, what do you, uh, hypothesize, John? Yeah, no, I 100% I agree. I think Din Djarin is done. He, at least for the time being, um, I think they're going to shift the focus to Boba Fett. I think that's a great comparison with Avatar. Um, and I think in retrospect, they're going to go back and rename this the book of Din Djarin or um, the book of the Mandalorian. I don't know. Probably They, the they do the original trilogy where it's like episode four, when everyone else is like, what? What's going on here? No, they yeah. didn't. They didn't do that with the original trilogy. It was what? Episode, it was it was like A New Hope. You know, mm -hmm. they had to relabel everything. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that they're going to going to use this opportunity to maybe maybe season three just focuses on Boba Fett, but maybe then maybe season four shifts the focus back to Bo Katan. And by that point mm. we'll have progressed enough in the Star Wars timeline to where she is is restarting her journey to retake Mandalore. And um, and maybe by that point with the Ahsoka series, she finds Ezra. They fight against Thrawn. They team back up with uh, with Bo-Katan. They're all in this together. And then eventually it all kind of merges all of the timelines to, to where the main central threat is Thrawn. Um, yeah. But I, I think they're setting up a good precedent where this, the show can have so much more longevity because it's not focused solely on one character. It's focused on a, a, on a culture and on a group of people that can be interchanged based on the story needs. Yeah, exactly. And this episode, we didn't mention, I don't think we mentioned in the beginning, was directed by Peyton Reed, who once again shows up, uh, and I, he directed the Frog Lady, uh, the Frog Lady episode, I believe. Okay. And so, and then we get him again, and he, as 
some people might know he directed the Ant-Man movies. So he's taking on the season finale. We didn't get Taika or anything like that, which is fine. Um, but the the CGI for Luke, which people have been talking about. So people say it's terrible. Some people, you know, I noticed the thing about the CGI that didn't work for me was the was the hair. The hair was bad. But besides yeah. that, it's fine for me. They had the stand-in Max Lloyd-Jones, who it's not Sebastian Stan, which is what fans had been speculating for a long time. But uh, the voice is done by Mark Hamill himself. And I don't know if he adjusted it himself to sound younger, or if they did that in the back end with editing, but it was it was great. I thought I thought this was fine. I, I enjoyed this so much. Like, I... It is a it's a tiny bit jarring, but I I can believe it. I'm supposed to turn off my brain for this stuff. People complain about Peter Cushing all the time, and maybe I'm the weird one. But I thought it was fine. I thought Grand Moth Tarkin was great in Rogue One. For what what I've seen, the worst thing I've seen is Tron Legacy. And <laughs> if you can if you could get past Tron Legacy after after seeing, uh, if you could get past like. Tron Legacy while seeing Jeff Bridges younger in that movie, which is what I did. Peter Cushing as Graham Off Tarkin and Luke Skywalker, this rendition is is perfectly fine. I don't know. What's your opinion on that? I mean, it's definitely the technology is definitely not at its peak yet. We're still we're still getting there. Um, but I think for its ability to enhance a story, I think it's it's at the point now where we're past that Tron Legacy moment um to where it's not so uh jarring and i think like the more you sit there and analyze it and and rewatch it over and over again you pick up on more things but i think in the moment like i was just freaking more out more about the fact that it was luke skywalker on the show um not necessarily about uh the quality of the cgi on his face and i did notice that the voice was a little was a little off like it felt like it was um obviously it was overlaid over him but it felt like they had tweaked the voice and that was to me really the audio was the thing that stuck out to me the most um but i mean i i i think it's good i mean like i said like it when you have it lit like that and where it's not uh the rise of skywalker kind of like in the they were training in the middle of the night there's not so much there's basically like we're just going off the glow of the lightsaber and that's really the only lighting we have to worry about. So you don't have to really focus on the quality as much um, as long as you know who's there. I don't know. It's it's definitely something that's going to continue to improve. But I do think it's at the point now where it's acceptable in shows and movies and it gets the job done. I can sense a lot of and then and this is just me probably I'm picking out I'm I'm taking I'm taking stuff from from around me. I don't, I don't know. You call me on this. But I feel like you have a sense of a mixed bag with this with this finale. And I would say I have the same thing with this finale, that it is a bit of a mixed bag. But I did like it. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it feels like they used it to just set up all the different directions they were going to take the Star Wars Disney Plus universe in. Rather than really give us a strong ending to the characters that we focused on this whole show so far. Which is fine because, like Filoni's come out and said, like they're expanding it throughout the course of all these different shows they have announced. Um, they're going to re or they're going to then re merge them together for one big like event 
basically at the end. Um, so I, it's it's just knowing its place and knowing that I I do feel like it served Din Djarin well and that his arc was good and that it didn't have to be super complicated, but there was enough growth um, to to notice basically over the course of the show um, and enough to do him justice and. And it does, it sets up the Boba Fett show well. Earlier in the series, it set up the Ahsoka show well. Um, you've, you're getting all these other um, properties that they've basically teased. And, and this is a rich time to produce content for Star Wars, where it's right after the Empire, Empire's fallen. There's a lot of, of turmoil and shifting going on. So there's a lot of rich storytelling to be had. Um, so I, I get I get what they're trying to do with it. Um it just, I wish, I don't know, man, like at some point, I just wish that there would be something like a finale that would come out that would just be a good ending that wouldn't have to try and set up 30 other shows at the same time. I I totally agree with that. And I think the way I would frame it is that, yes, this 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 show has set up the other shows, but you also put an ending to the past two seasons at the end of this. I thought it's like, hey, season three is going to continue the story and it's going to be wild. It, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like a complete reboot. And we're going into Boba Fett now. Like, it's it seems like a, a weird ending where it's just like, you know, the past two seasons of Mandalorian, the Mandalorian show, these has been about Baby Yoda and his journey. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I did the way they ended it just didn't feel just didn't feel like what we've been building towards you well, know and and to your point earlier about the avatar series i mean the thing that really i think made that successful was they had one series with ang and that was the focus and then it ended and it was a satisfying ending to his arc and then there was a time uh time jump and there was enough time left in the production of the shows to where it felt like it was a solid ending and then eventually there was a sequel show that came out and the focus was on basically where his story left off with the new avatar and his legacy but it was separated enough to where you knew it was a separate show with this it's it's trying to do the same thing where it's it's picking off like they're passing the baton off to um to boba fett but they're doing doing it in a way to where there's no like we're not continuing the story it's just a completely new uh, it feels like it's completely new and not connected. Yeah, yeah, which to then start a show that's separate on the ending of a show just feels like it's 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 not been done before, and it's a little, like, that transition is weird for a lot of people, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, that's why this, this is an up-and-down finale. For an episode, great episode. For an alley, yeah. for, for, did I say alley? Like, yep. you know, going down Diagon Alley? <laughs> <laughs> as Harry Potter would say, and then go to someplace else. Yep. Uh, for a finale, this did not feel satisfying. But for an episode, felt great. Yeah. You know, Luke's, Luke freaking Skywalker, John. Luke Which that... <laughs> freaking Skywalker. That's why I feel like we're not 100% done with Din Djarin yet. Like, they, I think, are putting a pause on his story. And then they'll pick it back up when they need him. But they're not forcing any more story and any more content out of what he where he's at right now um that i think they have a lot of other characters to play with but i 
if if this is the ending of Din Djarin, and if this is the last time we see him, then in hindsight, it's going to be a really unsatisfying ending. But I think if this is just a pause on his story, I think it'll work. Yeah, that's a good point. It kind of feels like we're in intermission, but we're like, we want to finish the story. Why am I in intermission? It's like yeah. having an intermission like 20 minutes into the play and you're like, yo, come on. What are you doing? <laughs> I know that's there's more out there. Like. <laughs> right. And um, I don't know. So let's talk about the end credit scene with the going back to Tatooine. And we're seeing, uh, I think his name is Bibba Bulata. I think. No. No. Bibba Bulata is a, is a Jedi. And she's dead. Anyways. Um, this, uh, the we go back to that Twi'lek who was the servant of uh, uh, Jabba the Hutt. And for some reason, everyone who becomes a crime lord gets fat. So, okay. That <laughs> seems believable in this universe, you know? Yeah. But uh, just to see how... Bib Fortuna, that's who it Bib is. Bib Fortuna, it's Fortuna. Yeah, I knew it was Bib something. Fortuna, good good, good catch. But I loved how they they kill all the mercenaries and Bib Fortuna's like, Oh, Boba, what's going on? I I, I, we, I thought you were dead, good to see you. And then he just gets murked right away. And the, the where he throws his body off the chair and he goes and sits in it. And Fennec Shan in the back just drinking the blue milk. Or whatever it is, the blue uh, Jawa juice, whatever it might be. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. This credit, this end credit scene made this, also helped make this episode better for me. No, I don't know. What, what Are you interested in this? Are you excited for a Boba Fett standalone season? Even though it takes away from the Mandalorian a little bit? I mean, that's the thing. Like, again, if this was clearly the start of the boba fett series and we all knew that's what the purpose was i think it did it really well and it, it set up um basically the setting um it set up that the fact that they're going to be working together as crime bosses for tatooine now and for the for the surrounding areas um it showed them as real threats throughout the whole series the fact that they're incredible fighters um, and the threat level that they pose to the underworld and the um, the crime syndicates of, of Star Wars. Um, so in that way, it's it's really I, I think it's set up the Boba Fett show really well um, because we also we already know what to expect now because of that post credit scene. We know yes. what's coming. Um, we have but, expectations. Yeah, exactly. And and we can kind of guess what the plot is going to be now based on how they left it, which leads to plenty of speculation, which is going to keep people talking about it for the next year, uh, which is going to keep Disney in the cultural zeitgeist for even longer. So I I think it worked. I mean, we're, we're sitting here talking about it. We're going to speculate. There's going to be a lot of people talking about it over the next year. Um, so as far as that goes, I mean, it was successful. And it, it Marvel Marvel continues to do really well at post-credit scenes. Yeah. Well, Marvel and Disney and that whole giant umbrella. The giant umbrella is just like, yeah, Marvel does do that. What does that have to do with Star Wars? But yeah, <laughs> uh, it was a good post credit screen. Yeah, post credit scene. I did like it. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about in this episode? Something to nitpick like the the for me, if I'm going to nitpick more stuff from the episode, the scientist part. I really with the guy who's like egging on Cara Dune in the beginning. I was like, OK, you know, I don't really need this like. When he shoots the other guy and he's just like talking smack to Cara Dune, I was just, I was just like, 
uh, I didn't feel any tension in it. I don't know why. He's just like egging her on. In a in a situation, you wouldn't do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, they obviously had a clear shot at him. He's not trying to hide his head behind the scientist's head. Um, he and the other, what, what do you win out of that? The other guy was like, hey, man, let's just give up. I'm not trying to die. And the other guy's just like full empire, like, yeah, I was there. And she's like, which one were you on? And he's like, he didn't even answer the question. Yeah. Obviously, he was on Death Star 1, but then he should have <laughs> died. Like, he's like, yeah. your people on, on Alderaan are dead. And it's like, and it's like I was there. And it's like, how? The thing blew up. I was and like, see, what that... is going on? It's moments like that that I think are are trying to tee up the um uh, what was the name of the other one uh, that they that just announced at the investors day. Um, Give it to me, it? Willow. No, 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 no. The the other Star Wars one about the um the rebel Andor? squad. No. Oh on, the man. the oh it's the Repul- the New Republic the. Yeah. Yeah, we'll call it it's the fighters of the New Republic or something. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, so where they're going around and, and um, like the, the sheriffs are going around and keeping law and order throughout the galaxy. It, it It's just another one of those things that just felt like they were trying to propel Cara Dune's story as we're coming to a close on everything for the season. So like, obviously, that's giving her more backstory and more motivation to want to fight against the uh, the Empire um, and the, the First Order and everything. So it, it's, again, just teeing up another show and, and spinning the, or pushing the momentum in a new direction for that character. Um, which didn't feel like it lended itself to the finale of this show. Um, but I, I think my big thing was the Dark Troopers, um, where we... You didn't like... We, I mean, okay, so we... Obviously, we know my, my thoughts on the introduction of them. Uh, and oh, the Iron Man 2. Two episodes two. ago. Yeah. Um, but then we get one solid fight with one of them, and that was that was interesting, um, and I thought it, it went pretty well. But um, then we have a whole swarm of them that, again, like we we feel the tension, like we feel them punching the door. They're trying to get in. They're doing they're going to kill them all. But then at the end, there's just a red herring um, that just or ex machina Luke. Luke Skywalker comes out of nowhere and just (laughs) completely like mows through them, like you said, um, to where their their setup is this enormous threat that we, we get a small glimpse of. But then we don't really see what they teed up paid off well um because i would have loved to have seen more of the dark troopers in action like just hunting down and mowing down people and being a huge threat to uh, the mandalorian and his team but i just i it wasn't satisfying enough for me personally yeah i mean but i was fine with it because the fight was pretty great with din Djarin, but the for me what i like the dark troopers and and their menacing look, and even if the scientists like their phase three, I'm like, ooh, even more scary, yay! But, <laughs> yay. but it, exactly, yay! But the problem that I had with it is just that they're punching the doors, and it just looks stupid. Yeah, <laughs> the way they're punching the doors, and I'm just like, I can when the glass is cracking, I'm like, okay, great. But I would have loved to seen with what we've seen with Iron Man, and Marvel, I would have loved to see like the Dark Trooper. They're supposed to be incredibly dangerous to just put a glove like put his hand in and try opening the thing that would have been really cool open the door and even the blast doors on the bridge they just keep punching and punching and they're putting a dent in and i'm like all right this is the moment where the where the droid grabs the dented door and is able to push it back and i don't get that and then luke skywalker shows up just like what you you put in a dent 
in in my door that's going to make it impossible to open up. Please stop. You're making it worse yeah. for yourself. The the logic in this is what gets me. It's the logic with the dark saber. It's the logic with the whole Death Star. I was on the Death Star or I saw it. It's just like it feels like something out of Taika Waititi where that's the moment you tell Gina Carano this is where you make fun of the trooper and call his bluff because he couldn't have been on the Death Star when it blew up Dantooine or Alderaan. That's what I meant to say. Yep, there it yeah. is. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Um, this is the moment you go make fun of him. Like, I feel like that was the tee up and instead it's supposed to be something serious and it's getting to it. I just, there was so much of this that was so confusing. Yeah. Yeah. I like the more we sit here and pick it all apart. The, the worst this is really... getting for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more we pick this apart, the more ridiculous this finale was. Yeah. I don't oh, mean, know. This is it's it's having a, a Rise of Skywalker effect where the more we sit here and talk about it and analyze it, the worse it gets. Um, but yeah, I do like... see that a lot with people analyzing Rise of Skywalker. I don't know why, because of Star Wars content, I go to back to old Star Wars content. I see people be like, yeah, Rise of Skywalker was great. And then it's like six months later, like Rise of Skywalker was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it just what I was saying about the Dark Troopers, like they felt less like a threat and more like a tool to ratchet, ratchet up the tension. Yeah. And it's a plot device. It's not. Yeah. But it's a plot device that's only used for like a few episodes. Uh, yeah. It should have like it's it'd be cool if it was like, oh, we jettisoned those dark troopers. And what the scientist doesn't tell you is like, oh, there's another hangar filled with dark troopers. And then they come and it's like, oh, that's or, that's what that seems worse. And now there's or, just dark troopers just out in space. Or even if, yeah, like there's then there's still a threat out there. So if you pick up with the Boba Fett series, maybe they come back and play into that where they they're picked up by the Empire and they're transported there. They're sent to finish the job um, to where they're still like they're taken care of in the moment, but there's still a there's still a payoff down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's a like we said, a mixed bag with this episode. Yeah, I and the more I think about it, I was happy last night. And I, I remember watching Star Wars Theory's stream, which the YouTuber, and he was like super happy. And people were t- people in the Star Wars realm were like crying because they got to see Luke Skywalker again. And it really is a great moment. But I feel like seeing Luke Skywalker took everything away from this episode now that I think about it. Yeah, man. What but if we, we should just be happy? I like I I it's the conflict within me, John. <laughs> I there's so much conflict. I liked, I loved seeing Luke, but this episode was written in such a weird way. I know, I know. Maybe I, maybe season three will, will be different. Then now we're talking about last Jedi. Like after seeing last Jedi, it's like maybe he'll be different in Rise of Skywalker. Oh God, don't do that to me. I, I oh no, that's not true because I, it would have been like maybe he'll be different in Episode Nine. Ah. We can only hope. That rebellions are built on hope. <gasps> I know, right? Hit you with that. You said the thing. I said the thing. All right, so this... Uh, you got anything else here? Nope, I'm good. We talked a lot. We did talk a lot. Uh, so that will conclude our thoughts on the finale of Mandalor- uh, The Mandalorian Season 2. Epi- not episode. Chapter 16, The Rescue. Yeah. That, that concludes it. Mixed bag. But overall, yep. Luke Skywalker was super dope. Things happened. Things happened. 
cool things were on the screen. Dark saber, lightsabers. Let's just fun pre- stuff. Let's just focus on the good stuff, like Boba Fett series and this subtle small hint that maybe Thrawn will show up sometime down the line, maybe in twenty twenty eight, played by Lars Mickelson, which is the brother of uh Mads Mickelson. Yes. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I mean and he kinda looks like Thrawn a little bit, so let's just uh hold on to that thought that might never happen. Let's do it. I'm, let's I'm do down. It. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Right now, virtual handshake, we agree on this. This is great. <laughs> uh, exuding positivity. Anyways, we will see you next time. Uh, do we want to and do we want to say that we're gonna do a review on on stuff? Yeah, yeah. So no, we uh, we are gonna do a review on the the um, Scarlet Witch. No, wow, Wandavision. Wandavision. Wanda- <laughs> well, I mean, That's... she is the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch and Vision. Yeah. So that there show, we go. we're going to do that. Pretty much any Disney channel or Disney plus Marvel content that comes out, we'll do reviews on. Between you and me, who's Scarlet Witch and who's who's Vision? Uh, I think I think you're Vision. You're you're giving me Vision? I think so, because I, I think I think you are a bit. Well, no, no. I think no, you're more animated than me. I'm definitely I got a bit the quips. More robotic. I got the I think I think Wanda's got the quips. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'll take that. Okay, between wrong. between you and I, who's man who's uh Din Jar and who's Baby Yoda? Ooh, ooh, if we're just going purely on the physical, you're Baby Yoda. Wow. Never in my life have you know, that's true. If you're not if you're not five nine, then you really are three feet tall. Good point. Exactly. <laughs> all right and with that we wish everyone a merry christmas we'll be back in january to review wandavision and until then have a wonderful holiday bye